Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a special episode with Nina Davorni. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. What up, what up, world? I'm very, very happy to be sharing with you a phone conversation I had with Miss America 2014, Nina Davoni. And I do apologize if some of the quality is low spotty, but it was such a, an impactful conversation that I really wanted to share with you. She shares, you know, what it was like to win the title as the first Indian American, as well as why she chose cultural awareness to be her platform. So enjoy, be educated, take notes, and go check out her stuff. Good day, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Miss America 2014, Nina Davoy, and um, she was one of the she was the first Indian American to win the crown. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You're welcome. So I mentioned it there a little bit. I touched touched in it about your background. Could you dive into more about who you are and kind of how you grew up? I was born in Syracuse, New York, but when I was six months old, my grandparents actually raised me in India for two years. So my dad was in his residency, and uh, my mom was working, and so um, it was, and my sister is 18 months older than I am. So my grandparents raised me in India for two years. Uh, My first spoken language was Telugu, which is a South Asian dialect. I came back to Syracuse when I was about two and a half, and uh, my parents tell me that my sister taught me English, and I taught her Telugu when we were at that young age. But after that, my family moved to Oklahoma when I was four years old, and then we moved to Michigan when I was 10. So most of my memories I have um, from my elementary school days and growing up through middle school, high school are from Oklahoma and Michigan. Um, Graduated from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and uh, then um, moved back to New York after graduation. Wow. So then how, how do you usually identify yourself then? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, 
I can honestly say that I really identify, identify myself with both the Indian and American culture. I was really fortunate enough to grow up in a household where my parents were um, very open and very, um, I suppose, accepting of, of at least being able to listen to us and assimilate with both cultures. And so I felt growing up, I really had the best of both worlds in terms of, you know, being both Indian and having my Indian values and roots and heritage, which was so important to me, but also assimilating that with the American culture as well. And it certainly wasn't easy. It's certainly still an evolving process in my house, um, but I feel very lucky. Um, I, you know, I was asking this because, you know, I'm, I'm Nigerian, but I, I ended up growing up everywhere, and a lot of times I go in between whether I'm Nigerian enough or, I'm, you know, I'm confused as an African-American. So I was just curious whether right. you had to go through something similar where, you know, as you were getting more assimilated into the culture and, you know, you have to go back home and then you, 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 act, you know, act more Indian and you come to school and then, you know, you, you know, it's more Western. Right. <laughs> Let's fast forward to last year when you when you won. Um, can you tell me, can you walk me through the moment when you won Miss America? What, what, <laughs> went, through your, what went through your mind? I know it's probably a lot of emotions, but... Uh, um, yeah, it was, you know, so I should say that going into the Miss America competition, when I decided I wanted to compete, I went in wanting to change the image of who Miss America was. Uh, Miss America has always been known as the girl next door. That's always been our brand for, for many, many years. Um, but for me, what I really felt was that the girl next door is evolving as the diversity in America evolves. And so, um, and I've said that countless times, but I actually believed it because I grew up watching Miss America feeling like I could never be in this role because I didn't fit a certain stereotype. I didn't have blonde hair, blue eyes, and, you know, I certainly didn't have what people would call a normal talent. And so for me, while it wasn't about me winning, it was really about reaching out to that young girl who I knew was watching Miss America the night I won. And for her to finally be able to say, wow, this year Miss America looks like me. And I don't have to have what is considered a normal talent to be in this job or be in this role because that's essentially the beauty of the American dream. I've been doing research, you know, millennials, we're the most diverse generation ever. And, and it, mm-hmm. it definitely reflects in the sense of cultural identity. I think naturally everyone is mixed and, you know, associated with different cultures. So I think as such, an institution such as Miss, uh, Miss America should reflect what um, Absolutely. America is coming. You won the crown. You were the first Indian American, and you're like, yeah, I did it. I won, and I'm in New York. <laughs> um, so then why why did you decide to go with cultural awareness? I know you said you wanted that you were doing it for that little girl to say, you know, I can win it too, but expand on that and use that as your platform. Right. So actually, every contestant in the Miss America organization is required to have a personal platform, a cause that they choose to champion for their year of service. So my platform, I didn't just wake up as Miss America and decide, you know, okay, I'm going to promote diversity now and cultural competency. It was something that I had essentially been working with, you know, essentially my entire life, but officially for four years prior to even winning. So I had established my own organization in partnership with the YWCA and YMCA to really implement um, more diversity and inclusion programs with amongst our youth. So creating these after-school programs where um, children would have the opportunity to actually engage with other cultures. Um, because, you know, we can sit in a lecture and learn about different countries, and while that's great, I think it's more important that children have hands-on activities. And there just didn't seem like there were a lot of programs that offered that. 
so that's something I started um, within within my own community and state. Um, and so every every month we would do a different activity, whether it be learning a different instrument or a different language or you know something as simple as trying a different cuisine from a different country. And I think that's what really um, helps break those barriers, those stereotypes for children to be able to touch and feel things, um, taste things, and, and learn about it from that aspect, opposed to just sitting in a lecture or classroom learning about it. And so that's something um, you know, like I said, I've taken on for about four years now, and as America used to get, you have the opportunity to really take it to the next level. And so um, continuing my college university speaking tour, um, the main, my primary job as Miss America is to be an advocate, um, an advocate for my platform and continue to do that. Um, and I've traveled a little over 210,000 miles this year, um, reaching out to various um, communities and colleges, schools across the nation, and it's been a really incredible experience. Well, well, I mean, obviously you've been doing a good job. I was, you know, I was researching that for uh, my media platform because I was looking for, you know, sort of, sort of what's the content out there, and then um, you know, I came across your website, and then I was like, I have to reach out to her. So now that you know, obviously this is something you've been doing for years, and then Miss America helps you take it to the next level. In your opinion, how do you see? multiculturals making an impact in the world? Well, especially now after having a year like this, um, I'm, I will be pursuing my MBA, my Master's of Business Administration next fall. I'm in the process of applying to school now. Um, and I think it's just really important to understand that even from a business perspective, from an educational setting, um, from just, you know, learning how to interact with people, it's really important to be able to understand everyone's beliefs and backgrounds. Even if you don't necessarily agree with it, it's finding that common understanding and being able to communicate in an open and respectful way. And so that's more beneficial from, like I said, from a learning perspective, from when the time that you're young to be exposed to all of these different, you know, different ethnicities and people from different backgrounds and then translate that to the business world, the professional setting. It can only help propel um propel your future because from any perspective, obviously we know that um, as we evolve, our the world is becoming a more global economy. Exactly. Um, and I think that's really important to keep that in mind is to just be able to respect one another and communicate effectively. Yeah, no, and you and I are roughly the same age, and I'm I'm just wrapping up my MBA at Fordham here, but it's... Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the exact same thing. Um, uh, you know, my, my dad, being a diplomat, we have to travel all the time, which... Not that's not a bad thing, but um, mm-hmm. what you ended up seeing was just the lay of the land and sort of the, what happened to me was I, I had the unique lens of how things were. And then bringing that to the business school, it's it's very interesting how certain mindsets and certain uh, um, ideologies are, are, are just manifested in, in coursework. And I do oh, tend yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially with marketing. I do tend to get – I'm taking one class right now. It's multicultural marketing, and it's, it's amazing – you know, mm-hmm. the, the amount of research that has to go into reaching each audience and really, truly um, uh, dives into how you have to understand what the core of Hispanic America is, Indian America is, Asian America is, you know, and just right. not or catch all commercial and expect them to resonate with it. So Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's a great idea with the MBA, so, uh, and I'll be more than happy to help you out with that. Oh, thank pro- you. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, okay. Now, stereotypes, I often say this is the laziest way to stand culture, but I, I know for a fact, I have, I have Indian American friends and Indians, period. Uh, so I, I'm curious, 
if you could fix a certain stereotype about Indian Americans or in, in general, <laughs> what, what would you say? Yeah? What would it be? <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because I grew up with so many stereotypes. You know, I think the top many of the questions that I had growing up was if I was going to have an arranged marriage or what the red dot meant or if I worshipped cows. Um, one of my favorites is what tribe are you in? Uh, you know, I'm not Native American, but I can see the confusion with Indian American. Um, and so these are all stereotypes, but I think what was more important to me is that I took it upon myself to correct those stereotypes. Um, I was always very happy to answer questions. I welcome questions. And that's what I like about cultural competency because, you know, we've talked about race for many, many years, and that hasn't necessarily proven to be effective. So how about we – I mean, you can't expect everyone to be an expert of Indian culture or Asian culture or whatever it may be, but only, people are only going to learn if they're able to address those questions, welcome those questions, and just simply answer them in the correct way. And so that's something I've really tried to continue to do, um, and I still have to continue to do. I get many of those questions, but, you know, it's one step at a time, and it's one person at a time, and if we all have that attitude, I think we'd all be more understanding of each other. No, exactly. And I always say it's, um, you know, early on, I once I started getting out that do you live in huts and are you in the Lion King just because I'm Africa, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, you can switch it around, right? I always said that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I, I just change my mindset and try and made it, you know, an education opportunity where I, was, I would be like, when someone asked me, do you speak Nigerian? I'd be like, well, you know, Nigeria is colonized by England. We have several such tribal languages, but if you speak English, you'd be, you'd be fine. And it's, it's more a way right. you can ed- educate them about the world and, and just take that understanding that not everybody else, you know, knows or another culture. So it's, it's uh, a mindset change, so I just chose not to be to be mad about it and like uh, you know yeah, <laughs> educate them about it. All right. Right. Okay. Um. You know, you know, part of what I do uh, is, is exactly like you. I had the idea of um, my goal is to build the next set of global leaders, and I want to do that by educating the world about what culture is like, and um, just you know, encourage people to. Uh, use their difference to make a difference, which is my mission statement. So okay. I'm, I'm curious, uh, Nina, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Well, I've been very lucky to be able to do that this entire year and beyond. Um, and one of the 
things you know, that I kind of touched on earlier was that I went into this organization wanting to change it, um, change the image, change the perspective, reach out to a new demographic of young women that I believe is representative of America today. And um, I knew that should I win this title, um, it would be a historic year and a monumental year, but not to this extent that it has been. Um, and I feel very blessed that I've had the opportunity to really reach out to the college university level because that's my main target audience, my demographic, um, with talking about our experiences growing up, trying to assimilate and balance both cultures, which is such a, you know, which is always going to be a, cult, a, a, a struggle, I suppose, is finding that balance throughout your entire life. Um, and so that's something that I really resonate with and being able to share my story and have a discussion. Um, I always do a discussion with the groups that will bring me in um, and the multicultural organizations and offices on colleges and university campuses. So that's something that I've been really proud of this year that I've been able to do. I've spoken to almost about 27 now, um, and I'm continuing to, to continue my speaking for through next year before I start school, um, which has been really great. But. Um, I think also advocating for STEM education has been an important aspect of, of this year that I've been able to do. Um, and initially, it's it's kind of been a nice twist on it, I suppose, because um, so one of the things I've partnered with was the Department of Education as well as the Department of Energy to promote women in STEM-related fields, science, technology, engineering, and math. And um, although initially I was going into a STEM-related field, I was pre-med, applying to medical school when I won, and now kind of transitioning out of that, I suppose, um, with an MBA degree just because of the fear you have, you're exposed to so many different fields. Um, but trying to take that as well and talk about that from the pressures I felt, um, you know, from a South Asian family going into a STEM-related field, um, from that aspect has been um, something that I think people also really resonate with um, because we, we do feel that significant amount of pressure growing up in a South Asian family. Yeah, no, um, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because as you're talking, I, I mean, I'm nodding my head. You can't see me, but I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I did live in Southeast Asia, but in Nigeria and West Africa family, you know, that uh, achievement idea, right, is, is there. you right. got to be the doctor, be your dad, be the lawyer, be that, be this. And, you're, you know, I'm the oldest of three boys, so there's also that pressure. Right, well, exactly. But, uh, you know, so it's always interesting when you come back and say, well, this is what I want to do. This is what you want to do. So <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think it's great that you're, you know, you're showing it different, you know, different ways that, you know, South Asia and um, other Asians in general can be, um, you know, can go in the workforce and make a difference. So right. uh, I think that's great. Okay. Thank oh. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So in that making a difference there, if you could actually solve one world problem, what would it be? <laughs> this is such a pageant question. <laughs> um, and, you know, for me, I would honestly, I, I have to say, just read the world of ignorance. Um, I especially, I received a lot of ignorant remarks when I won the title of Miss America. And that's just, I mean, in my, that's very trivial in comparison to what else is going on in the world out there. Um, but one of the things I think is, has been a very, has been the silver lining in, in those comments is that for every negative comment, tweet, or post I received, I received, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of words of positive encouragement. So to see others champion this cause um, together and come together and create these, not only a national conversation, but spark a global discussion, um, to see that was very empowering. And I think that's really what carried me throughout the entire year was to keep that in mind and have that momentum going and not lose sight of it. Um, yeah. And so uh, that's, that's been really great. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, almost done here, but I remember when you had won because I, I have a breaking news app on my phone and it came on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was, it came on first Indian American one, and then you know I'll wake up in the morning because you know before work and uh, MBA in my class with the MBA, you see all this morning talk show talking about it, and it became an actual discussion, and you know they show your reaction, and it, it was you know, was talking about just the, the diversity of America, and I was like, ah, you know, this is obviously a great opportunity for, um, you know, young girls all over the world in America, in particular, to see just what kind of opportunities are there for them. Um, right. So um, that's, that's great. Did you all, you said you sort of had that goal when you won, when you won the, the pageant, but if someone, if there's another young girl, maybe, I don't know, Hispanic or anyone, from another, you know, diverse culture who's thinking of entering the, the beauty pageant um, kind of world, what would you say to to her? <laughs> I would definitely say to be yourself. And that's my advice I give to anyone. And I know it sounds cliche, and it's so much easier said than done. But you have to know who you are, love who you are, and stand up for who you are. And I certainly think that's a process of growing up and finding your identity, and that's almost a rite of passage is, is, finding, is coming into your own. And um, so for me, especially when I was competing, it was certainly – I see that you have a question about a time – um, you know, overcoming a challenge and accepting who you are. Um, I competed for the title of Miss New York twice, and the first year I was second runner-up to uh, Mallory Hagan, who went on to win the title of Miss America, representing the state of New York the year before me. Oh. And so when that happened, I remember calling my mom and saying, Mom, I will never win Miss America now. What are the chances that Miss New York will win two years in a row? Um, it just didn't seem very likely. And so she said to me, well, why don't you focus on this New York first, and then, you know, we can talk about Miss America if that happens. Right. And so after, you know, coming back my second year, um, I just had completely had a different perspective. Um, and I think one of the things I struggled with my first year is sort of that identity. Um, you know, people, I had so many people say to me, you know, if you're really serious about winning Miss New York or even Miss America, change your talent because Bollywood will never win. Um, you're too Indian. You have to be more American. Um, it's very, you know, physically you're very Indian, so let that speak for itself and then try to sell yourself more American. And so all of these, you know, you get so many different opinions and advice. And finally, I realized that if I was going to win Miss America, it had to be in my way and then on my terms. And I, my Indian culture and heritage was a huge part of my identity, and I was always very proud of that. I grew up an Indian dancer, um, trained in Bharatanatyam, and, uh, which is a classical form of Indian dance. And so this, there was no question that this was going to be my talent. And so I think that perspective and just the outlook of this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be, um, and I'm proud of it, was hopefully what people, you know, is what I showcased on the Miss America stage because I will always say that my moment was when I performed my talent. The first time Bollywood had ever been done on a stage like Miss America, that was really my moment. And I think um, winning was icing on the cake. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's good. Yeah, and you, you, are, you are right about the, the – I, I had a question about how you overcame a challenge and you that to embrace your global identity, and I think, uh, you know, you just uh, answered that in spades. So sorry, <laughs> I appreciate that. But, yeah, that moment, the moment you had – when you were going through that and do, uh, performing Bollywood there, were you, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, this is – Oh, this my is, goodness. 
Yeah, I mean, I just remember about the ending of my piece. I I really just had tears in my eyes because I just felt like this moment was so much bigger than me. Um, Mm. I just knew that it was resonating with people, and I felt that. I mean, I you know, I can't see it, but I felt it. Um, And that was really just kind of my, you know what, I I put my heart on the table, and um, I think it really showcased that. Well, well, I'm glad you definitely did. All right. Uh, 13-year-old Nina is coming up to you right now, and she's saying, hey, Nina, what piece of advice can you give me? What would you tell her? <laughs> um, 13-year-old Nina. Um, I would tell her that, um, you know, one of the stories I really like to share is that um, when I was about in sixth grade, I think, there was a, um, a, a young boy that came up to me and said, oh, my goodness, like, Nina Davalori has a bigger mustache than my dad. And I just remember being devastated. Obviously, I went home crying, and it was kind of true, but it didn't mean it was any less hurtful. And um, so I think I, you know, one of the things I always say is that every time you speak, you are influencing someone, and you have the opportunity to influence them in a positive or negative way. And no matter what, this, you know, person can become the next CEO of a company, the next senator, even the president of the United States, and I will forever remember him for that one comment. And so I think to tell that 13-year-old Nina, and I think she probably learned that lesson then, um, is to just know that your words have power and um, you can make the choice to, to influence someone in a positive way. Yeah, uh, that, that's, uh, that's not cool. That's not cool. Um, <laughs> can't believe that happened. Um, all right, uh, where can we find out more about you? This has been amazing. And, you know, I'd love to talk a year off, but I know you have, uh, yeah. you have obligations. So <laughs> where can we find out more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at Nina Dalvalori. Um, all my we- information is also on my website, ninadalvalori.com, and on Instagram at Real Nina D. So I'm um, definitely keep up, and I'm always posting things regularly. Okay, okay, yeah, I'll make sure I'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, but um, yeah, no, this has been a pleasure. Really, you know, thank you for taking the time to talk to me about all this. Yeah, stuff. absolutely. I really enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.